You are listening to the Fretzelmania podcast on Anchor.fm. Hey folks, welcome to the Fretzelmania podcast. I am your host, Mr. Fretz. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Legendary JF. This podcast can be found on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Podcasts can be heard. Today, I am talking about All Elite Wrestling's inaugural pay-per-view event, Double or Nothing. Now, this was just one amazing show. Of course, we know this was a a new feder. This is a new wrestling company founded by Cody Rhodes and the Elite and uh, Tony Khan, Khan, owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And now we see this dream coming into fruition, and it's it's awesome. Uh, this this event took place in in Las Vegas uh, just last night on uh, May the twenty fifth. 2019 and a big shout out to my good friend dusty dave malkowicz who was at this show uh glad you had fun buddy uh i saw all your pictures with all the legends i'm very jealous and congratulations dave on your graduation from hoofstra i'm sorry if i butchered the name of your school uh i'm very proud of you for what you've done and i wish you nothing but the best going forward buddy i love you and now the the buy-in. I'm not, I'm just going to go right into the event here. Uh, the buy-in, which was the pre-show to Double or Nothing. We had a battle royale, a casino royale, if you will. Uh, I can just imagine James Bond's lawyers were pricking up their ears just just a li- just a little bit. And the participants in this battle royal. In which I should actually mention that this uh, this battle royal is for the number one contender to the inaugural All Elite Wrestling's World Championship, and the winner of this match faces the winner of the main event, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, at a future uh, AEW event, probably All In Two, or maybe maybe even sooner. Who knows? And we had, every couple of minutes, there'd be a group of wrestlers who drew, you know, ace, diamonds, hearts, and clubs. And then the Joker, whoever drew the Joker, got to be the last person in this match. You know, Joker, you're supposed to take those out of the deck. Oh, I'm sorry, here's this card. What's this? Rules for John Stunt Poker? I don't lose. I never lose. This is all Homer's fault. I guess now you're going to be telling me your plans for world domination. Ho, ho, ho. I'm not falling for that one again. If you get that Simpsons reference, can of Coke to you. So we had the following people in this. I don't know if this is the full list of participants or not, but Wikipedia, uh, you're my only hope. So we had MJF, Sonny Kiss, Brandon Cutler, Ace Romero, Glacier, Brian Pillman Jr., Sunny Days, 
Joey Janela, Dustin Thomas, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Havoc, Michael Makazawa, Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, Luchasaurus, Sean Spears, Orange Cassidy, Marco Stunt, and Tommy Dreamer. Now, there's a couple of names in here that you might remember, and there's a couple of names in here that are really jumping off the page to me. Glacier. Like, really, WCW's Glacier. You know, I haven't seen him in about 21 years, and he is still looking good in the ring. His resurgence on the Indies, I think, can almost be compared to uh, PCO. You know, the former Quebecer Pierre, uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte for your uh, new generation fans. And yeah, it was it was neat. And then the person that drew the Joker, uh, the, the last person in this battle royal, was Hangman Adam Page. And of course, he was scheduled to face uh, Pac, the former Neville, at a... <coughs> uh, in this match. But due to uh, some creative differences... Uh, Pac wasn't going to appear at, at this match. So we had a Russellgate Pro uh, match about a week or so before the, before this event. Uh, Paige answered an open challenge to Pac that ended in disqualification uh, because, you know, Pac was just being a bastard. Oh, that's his gimmick, right? <coughs> Pac attacked. Page's knee and said the goal all along was to injure him and with that done he has no reason to show up at double or nothing masking the fact that uh, Pac didn't really want to lose as champion of Dragon's Gate of another promotion that you're not even wrestling uh, I'm not getting into that that that's on them so so whatever now I'm just going to go uh, go through a couple of really cool spots I liked in this match uh, this was just a fun a clusterfuck of nonsense, but it was fun nonsense. It was awesome. Uh, MJF, I mean, my goodness, this is just the most entertaining heel in the business today. He is a heat magnet, and he just, it's its natural to him. He can just turn it on like a light switch. The light switch. And, uh, man, MJF, so, so good. Um, Dustin Thomas, a um, bilateral bilateral amputee. He doesn't have any legs, but he jumps and flips around in there and does six one nines and splashes. And wow, this man is inspiring and amazing. Like I, I, I can't say enough about Dustin Thomas. Just watch, just watch his stuff. Um, Michael Makazawa was hilarious. You know, he overlubes himself with the body oil, so. Whoever grabs him is just uh, can't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, of course, we had Pillman Jr., who is the absolute spitting image of his late father. Uh, you know, Brian Jr. would have been really young when when his father passed away 22 years ago now. My goodness, you feel old? Because I do. We had... Um, one spot in here, we had Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc doing a double suplex onto Brian Pillman Jr. We had Sean Spears, you know, the former Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10, coming out and getting just absolute deafening 10 chants. The crowd was was loving him. The, the fire in his eyes, you can just, you can see it. And it was, it was amazing. <clears throat> you know, MJF jumps him from behind, does the 10 chant, flips the bird. 
And then Sean Spears, of course, hits the tiebreaker and returns the favor, doing the exact same thing back to MJF. We had Glacier hitting his version of the Poison Mist, in which this was, quote-unquote, Frozen Mist. Looks a lot like water. <clears throat> and the wrestler in question, which I think might have been uh, Sunny Days, had to sell it like he was frozen, like he was iced, kind of like Sub-Zero. <clears throat> Pardon me again. Sorry. And, you know, Glacier kicks him out of the ring. And immediately after, MJF gets all the heat by dumping him out. <sighs> awesome. And then Jimmy Havoc tapes a lighted cigarette onto Joy Janela's forehead. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That was like straight out of some crazy death match or some crazy, you know, Joy Janela invitational battle royal. Uh, this this was fun. This was funny. Um, and then out came, out of nowhere, an air pillman by Brian Jr. Just the mannerisms, everything is just, it, it's his dad. In, in the modern day, I mean, it's it's uncanny. Uh, and he, he he is phenomenal. Like Br Brian's good. Brian Jr. I think is going to have one hell of a career, and with his uh, uh, current role as the heart, the new Heart Foundation with uh, Teddy Hart and David Hart Smith, son of the British Bulldog, with their role on MLW, like it's, I'm loving it. Uh, out comes Orange Cassidy, someone I've never heard of. Uh, I've heard him talked about on on the Kings of the Rings podcast, and they sing his praises, so I'll trust uh, Ricky and Will's judgment. I looked in this, and I just thought, no, what the heck is this guy? I mean, he comes out nonchalantly. He looks exactly like Heath Slater. Comes out nonchalantly, hands in his pockets, and he just, like, eh, like tap kicks. Uh, Tommy Dreamer in the shins and the wrestlers were selling it like death. Like, oh, he's got broken legs. Selling it like death. I'm like, okay. Okay, he's lazy. Okay, this is funny. He gets knocked down and then does a kip up with his hands still in his pocket. Damn. That's athletic. That's impressive. And we had a spot where um, I'm reminded of an Eminem lyric. Uh, shout out to you, Ant. Uh, Jimmy Havoc staples uh, Johnny, Tommy Dreamer's forehead and nuts, and it's like chased him around with a with an eraser, stapled his nuts to a stack of paper, or however that song goes. That song's twenty years old now too. Holy crap, we're feeling old today, folks. And then you know, as I said, the Joker, Joker, uh, Adam Page wins this battle royal, last eliminating MJF. You know, Page. Uh, he thought he had this match won, but like Santino Morella in the 2011 Royal Rumble, MJF was just under the ring and hiding. He tries to, he tries to uh, eliminate Page, but Page rallies with a buckshot lariat to eliminate my favorite heel. And Hangman Adam Page wins and is one of the participants in the first match for the first ever all Elite Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. All right, here we go. The next pre-show match, Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guerva. I apologize. I am not really familiar with either of these two wrestlers. I think Sammy Guerva was on uh, was on Lucha Underground. Uh, Kip Sabian is uh, is a 
British wrestler. Uh, so there was a storyline at the weigh-in on Friday where um, uh, Sabian uh, Guerra attacked Sabian, and this match it, it was an amazing spot fest between these two high flyers. Uh, we saw a dangerous shooting star press off the ring apron as Sabian was draped over the barrier, uh, kind of like the Rob how Rob Van Dam does that uh, spinning guillotine leg drop to the outside. They did it as a shooting star press. Please don't die. Um, we had Guarva attempted to land a 630 splash off the top rope, but Sabian got his knees up, hits the Deathly Hollows, which is, I believe, a burning hammer into a set-out slam. For the win, a one, a two, a three. Kip Sabian wins this match. And now it's time on to the main show, but before we go there, the Elite have to come out and... Uh, and play up the crowd and and uh, bang on about uh, fake attendance records. Like, hey, we got 20,000 people here. This place doesn't hold 20,000. And then they're rounding up. And I'm just thinking, ah, this is Steiner math. Ah, very nice. I love it. And here we go. Right in to the, to the, main, to the main show. SoCal Uncensored SCU. With Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Going up against strong hearts of Shima, T Hawk, and, and L. Lindemann. Now, T Hawk, uh, not to be confused with the Street Fighter character T Hawk, uh, which today I think would not be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Appropriate culturally, maybe? Um, anyways, we had, you know, the SDU's pre match shtick about this is the worst time they've ever been in. Christopher Daniels starting to sing. Uh, the announcers were talking about Daniels and Kaz as kind of being the Benjamin Button of, of pro wrestling. And and I, I've been watching Christopher Daniels since 1997. Uh, of course, he was in the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship Tournament to determine the first Light Heavyweight Champion, which was, which was of course, Takamichi Noku. Uh, Daniels, he had a bit of a life, a bit of a developmental contract here. I saw him wrestle a lot of matches on on Shotgun Saturday Night. So, yeah, and Kazarian, you know, I've been, I think since, you know, TNA's inception, I've been watching him, and he had a very short-lived uh, run in the WWE, which I'd like to forget about, uh, because it also involved the failed... Uh, Paul London screw job heel turn and me being a huge Paul London fan. That is something in my mind that did not exist. So we had just nothing but impressive. You know, Chima is a uh, legendary wrestler from, I believe China. Uh, one that I'm not overly familiar with, but being a longtime reader of pro Real pro wrestling illustrated, it's a name that I've always seen pop. Uh, pop up here and there. Uh, and, you know, T-Hawk, he was just another really, really impressive guy. I don't have a lot of spots for some of these matches because because I was just watching it. It was a lot of back-and-forth action. We had, you know, the Angels' wings, the Meteora for a near fall, Scorpio Sky hitting an amazing plancha, and then the finisher, the best Meltzer ever. You know, a combination of a Best moonsault ever and a spike tombstone by by Daniels and Kazarian. 
former Impact Tag Team Champions, mind you. And the SoCal Uncensored wins this match. You know, it was a... Yeah, I liked it. You know, this this was your your opening con- your opening contest to get get the crowd ready to get this federation ready, and I'm I'm all for it. Next up, we had the women's division was was finally having their showcase match. Doctor Britt Baker, Bebe, wife of Adam Cole, Bebe, Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose, and a surprise entrant. Uh. Brandy Rhodes, the I guess she's the Stephanie McMahon of this company, and I'm sorry for making that comparison. Uh, please don't hurt me, uh, wrestling fans, please. Um, just coming out and saying, hey, thinking she's going to insert herself in this match because it looked like she was dressed to compete and looked very, very nice, I may add. What it, it looked like she was inserting herself, and we thought, "Oh boy, here we go. The boss's the the boss's wife is gonna get in." No, I want to make this match awesome. I said, "Out comes Awesome Kong." You know, uh, former Impact uh, Women's wrestler, brief uh, brief WWE wrestler as Karma, and of course, she is on the ever popular Netflix series Glow. And, you know, the size and power of Kong and Nyla Rose just contrasted each other to the aerial and technical skill of, of Baker and Smiley Kylie Ray. And this was a great introduction to the women's division. We had this wicked doomsday suplex spot by all the ladies. We had the high-flying action of Brett Baker and, and Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray, who just is this non-stop smiling character even in the face of death that came in the form of awesome kong she's all smiley wavy and happy uh definitely getting some bailey vibes out of her but my goodness uh and baker and ray uh just take the brunt of the action at the end of the match with with Britt baker winning with a move that her husband adam cole baby uses the ushiguroshi for the win in this excellent, excellent opening match. I mean, no, opening women's match. My goodness. <laughs> this is what happens when you're on the night shift and you've been awake for a very, very long time. And when I come when I come back from this non-commercial commercial break, we are going to be talking about the best friends versus Angelico and Jack Evans. And then on to... The main events, Cody and Dustin Rhodes, the the AAA World Tag Team Championship, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, and then Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. And of course, I cannot forget, there was a six-woman tag team match in here with six Japanese uh, uh, female wrestlers. Stay tuned, folks. Welcome to part two, The Best Friends. Chucky Taylor and Trent Beretta against Angelico and Jack Evans. Now, Jack Evans, here's another name I haven't heard in quite some time. Of course, he was a uh, regular in Ring of Honor uh, once once upon a time. And Angelico, I believe he is from 
<clears throat> he is from AAA. Now, this is another match I didn't take a lot of notes in because I just wanted to sit here and enjoy the action. We had a little bit of uh, anything you can do, I can do better uh, in this uh, cruiserweight uh, spot fest. We had no spot was too big for Evans and Angelico, repeatedly thrilling everybody with just spot after spot. Chucky Taylor and Trent Beretta. Uh, returning the favor of the number of awesome tag team tandem moves. There was a doomsday, doomsday device, uh, sexy Chucky knee off the top rope. We had the tag team cruncher to uh, finish off uh, Angelico. And after the match, they all shook hands and they had a hug. The lights go out and a unnamed tandem appeared and just laid out a whole bunch and then oh a bunch of masked minions come out too apparently this is a faction called the super smash brothers uh my goodness devon get the lawyers uh they formed a human throne around this um leader per se i was expecting him to unmask and be some crazy uh free agent but to no avail uh yeah these look like 10 masked dudes uh formed a human iron throne and this just confused and silenced the crowd uh sure it's a fun way to introduce this new crazy faction but i don't know if the execution was was good or not next up we had a six woman tag team match with names i'm going to butcher i'm sorry hikaru shida ryu and riho and ryo Mizunami against Aja Kong, Yuka Zakakazi, and Emi Sakura. Now, Aja Kong is a name, uh, I'm a, as a longtime watcher of the WWE. I, of course, remember Aja Kong, who made just a handful of appearances for the Federation in 1995 as a foil, as a foe to uh, Alundra Blaze, the then women's champion Aja Kong is known for uh, her spinning back fist and we had uh, there was like a, a timekeepers referee botch in this match uh, there's a bunch of sloppy near falls good good effort by these ladies but I think this there was a you know there was a this is wrestling chant uh there was a there was a decent pace to this match. There was a there was a lot of near falls. Uh, so, but we had the uh, Shida and Riho and Rio uh, win this match, putting away her uh, teacher and mentor Aja Kong. Next, this match, th this was the, one of the reasons why we're why we're here, why why I'm here talking to you today. I didn't want to take notes during this match, but for the sake of this uh, podcast and uh, for the few of you who, who, who listen, I, I had to sit and just take notes during this absolute beast of a classic of a match, uh, a perfect wrestling match from storytelling to in-ring action to stuff afterwards to story to you know, family being in this is just an 
extra incentive. And this, of course, is Cody versus Dustin Rhodes, the American Nightmare versus the Natural, Sons of the Son of a Plumber, Sons of the American Dream, refereed by the legendary Earl Hebner. And we had just Cody's kick-ass entrance theme by Down Straight, which you heard at the beginning of the show. Please don't sue. Uh, we had this ominous-looking Iron Throne, which looked suspiciously like a giant H with a bunch of skulls coming out of it. Mm, okay. So we had Cody just kind of stare at it as he walked up the rig with Brandy. Brandy reached under the ring to get a sledgehammer. Cody angrily storms up the entranceway and smashes the Iron Throne. Oh, shots fired at Triple H. Um, okay. And Cody coming out kind of looking like a Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, ten points. I love it. Uh, Kingdom smashed. He is the Throne Smasher. Now we have a new wrestling nickname, the Beast Slayer and the Throne Smasher. Bring it down, shouts Brandy as Cody sledgehammers the crap out of this uh, throne. And now Dustin Rhodes, of course, the former Goldust. Uh, we see, we hear Goldust-esque music uh, in the arena, and then to something that resembles Brain Stew by, by Green Day. And he had, you know, half of the red paint. And... My goodness, I apologize. Night shift. <laughs> we had dusty chants. We had, you know, Dustin pointing up. We had, you know, the attitude killer, the natural, Dusty's favorite chants. And then we had a thing where, you know, Cody sidesteps his brother and then does like the the stardust taunt. And then Dustin returns the favor. You know, Dustin hits a 619. A somersault sent on to the outside and a running bulldog inside the ring. His former finisher as the natural. You still got it. You're fucking right. He does. We had the 10 punch and then he returns the stardust chant. I'm surprised he didn't get a little bit of a involved in there, but he put the gold dust gimmick to bed. He, of course, if you saw these, um, being the elite vignettes, he of course put it in the box, shut the lid, and just put it away like the absolute, the absolute uh, emotion in this match. Like it's going to get misty eyed. The crowd is on fire. And we had, you know, a spot where <clears throat> they were going, uh, he was going to sidestep Goldust, and Goldust was going to go for his uppercut, you know. Not today. Now, the Shattered Dreams is teased. He had, you know, Big Brother had Little Brother Cody's uh, legs spread. And like, oh my gosh, he's going to hit them with the Shattered Dreams and get uh, disqualified. But then, you know, while Cody was in the position, he uh, removed the uh, turnbuckle padding from underneath his balls and uh, threw it at Dustin. Dustin throws it in the crowd. Someone's going to sell that on eBay. 
uh, probably. And then uh, Cody uh, sidesteps and hits a turnbuckle smash into the corner. And then Goldust just, pardon me one moment again. <clears throat> Going to take another quick com- non-commercial commercial break. <clears throat> Actually, nope. <clears throat> no, never mind. I'm not. False alarm, folks. I am fine. <laughs> the turnbuckle smash and the just graphic, insane blade job by Dustin. My, my goodness. And then on the outside of the ring, Brandy Spears, her brother-in-law. Bitch, what did he ever do to you? My goodness. And of course, you know, Earl Habner does the whole, you're out of here, bit. And, you know, she's adamant she's not leaving. And out comes friend of the family, Diamond Dallas Page. Member of the Nightmare family. I should not record at night. <clears throat> Axe handle off the top rope. Goldust hitting the Snap Power Slam, formerly known as the Shock Treatment. Yeah, remember that, 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 that. I'd rather forget that. The figure four by Cody, reversed. Uh, Dusty versus Flair vibes, man. And then off comes the belt, and Big Brother is going to cut a switch. Uh, in my house, uh, that was Dad that did the discipline. We didn't have the belt, folks. And mind you, if I if I was a little older, maybe there would have been. That's how discipline worked in the in in the seventies and eighties, kids. Uh, so Dustin decides to expose Cody's ass, whip it with the belt, and there we go. And out of the corner, Dustin hits a code red. Oh, wow. Hits the code red to a near fall. The golden cross or the curtain call, whatever uh, Dustin called his um, suplex spinning neck breaker, and then hits and then presses A and B in no mercy and hits Cody with the crossroads kick out. Cody hit and then Cody hits a crossroads of his own kick out. Vertebreaker, second crossroads, one, two, Three, Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, defeats Big Brother Dustin in what would could be considered to be his swan song. Uh, this is near the end of his career. And then that promo after the after the match. Oh wow, we had um. Cody just, you know, praising his brother and is just like, you know, I want to ask you for a favor. You know, <clears throat> I want a partner of my choosing to go up against the Young Bucks at Fight for the Fallen, you know, the future event. To go up against the Young Bucks, the best tag team in here. It's like, you know, I, you know, I don't need a tag team partner. I need my big brother. And they start to cry. They have a hug. You know, everyone's bawling. I mean, I'm. Oh, that's that's hitting me right in the feels. You know, I am the little brother. 
So if there's ever a time where I need my big brother, you know, that kind of thing's going to come to mind and it'll get, uh, oh, it'll get emotional. And now we have the title presentation by Brett the Hit Man Hart. And he invites um, Adam Page to come out. And then they're interrupt, interrupted by Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, Friedman, MJF, who is just taunting Bret Hart. Hey, look, a fan! <laughs> that, that was the best. That was so funny. Then Bret said, you know, hey, and then the this title is going to be on the line in the next month pay-per-view of... Uh, or in a few months, uh, hey, I'm sorry, it's been a while. Uh, and then they have this whole this whole bit, you know, Adam Page and MJF. If you want to talk horsies, uh, you know what happens to a horsey when it has a bum leg? We take it out back and blow its brains out. Uh, you can see, and then he's just like, MJF, like, you know what? I'm going to be the best there is, the best there was, and the, you know what? That catchphrase sucks. <laughs> Brett's just, He's trying not to smile. He's trying not to laugh. He's loving it. <laughs> you can just tell that he's having a fun time. Uh, and now comes Jungle Boy, you know, son of uh, the late Sideshow Luke Perry. Uh, uh, have uh, Jimmy Havoc comes out, and they all him and pa- them and Paige surround uh, MJF, who was trying to get away. He's like, "Oh, you know, I'll fight you on my own terms. You know, I'll be the best." I'll be the face of this company, blah, blah, blah. Oh, please, please give MJF a title run, please. Oh, boy. And now I'm actually going to be taking a non-commercial commercial break one more time where we will go over Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks and Alpha versus Omega and a certain, maybe there's a surprise. It's Lex Luger. Be right back. Triple-A Tag Team Championship match. The Lucha Bros challenging the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson of the Elite. The Elite. The the Elite. Uh, coming out in Rockstar attire, I thought it looked like it was a little bit inspired by, you know, the movie Hot Rod and, you know, things like Super Dave Osborne and, uh, and whatnot. Now, this was just another spot after spot after spot match. It's really hard to to keep up. It's just something I I wanted to sit and enjoy. But I had you know the whole Sierra Mero chant and tag team wrestling chant, which I loved. There was this uh, power slam uh, spear moment by Matt by uh, Matt Jackson. You know Nick accidentally kicking Matt. They, they accidentally hit each other a couple of times where there was like a Set up for like a top rope uh, kick in the back and one of the Lucha Bros move. There was a Canadian Destroyer on the apron. Oh no, it's the hottest part of the apron. Right, John Ritland? Right. There was a top rope brain buster. You know, shades of uh, Sami Zayn, a.k.a. El Generico. There was a more bang for your buck. Uh, the Meltzer driver and... You know, that that's what... Uh, sealed the lucha bros it was just we had spot after spot after spot i i can't go and 
through all these myself because as soon as I wrote one down, the other was written down. So Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, they can put on a hell of a match in their sleep. Uh, this was the only title match on, on the show, by the way, uh, well, because they don't have any other championships to uh, to wrestle for, to contend with. So there we go. There is the AAA Tag Team Championship match done. Young Bucks retain. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm, I want to see where this feud goes. I would love to see it continue, uh, maybe even onto some uh, AAA shows. Uh, is Triple Mania coming up, or did I, or did I miss it? You know, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with a lot of wrestling outside of the U.S. other than the occasional New Japan show, but it's only for things like uh, maybe G1, Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, you know, maybe Climax. Maybe the the shows that don't have like you know those like twelve nights like Super Junior things. I wish I had the time to watch all those because I love New Japan. I really do. Uh, but anyways, now we're going on to the main event. Alpha versus Omega. Chris Jericho. Kenny Omega. Main event spot. Here we go. Now this match kind of started off with this little little cameos by uh people cosplaying as chris jericho's former gimmicks with the uh you know the whole, the whole countdown thing where you see chris jericho doing like the arms out pose with uh you know with the back facing the audience then someone coming up with the list of jericho which oh man i loved that and then someone coming out with of course the light up jacket and then in the middle of the ring, there's this random Cracker Barrel, which I forgot sponsored, I think, that show. And by the way, Cracker Barrel makes damn good fried chicken. Uh, I went there on a road. I went to one in southern Missouri on a road trip to the Grand Canyon, the Rockies, and the Pacific Ocean. Uh, me and a friend went uh, about a week, spent a week and a half, uh, you know, coming. I, I, right now, I live a couple hours. Um, uh, west of Toronto, so that that trip was a lot of hours in the car, and it was yeah, good time, great fried chicken. I'd go back to Cracker Barrel in a heartbeat. Uh, right off the bat, we had uh, Jericho was trying to get this uh, this table from under the ring and trying to get 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 it involved. Kenny Omega does a uh, swanton plancha onto Chris Jericho, who is holding the table. Uh, and then there was an, like an, another time Chris Jericho was trying to get set up the table again. And somewhere in this exchange, Kenny Omega broke his nose, busted his face, busted his face open. And yeah, it, we, we had a hell of a thing. We had Chris Jericho, you know, 48 years old. Just uh, if anyone can be the Benjamin Button of professional wrestling, it's Chris Jericho. It he is just a absolute legend, and I love that he's here. I love that he's in there to help out the talent, and to have another match with his fellow native of Winnipeg. You idiot! Uh, you see, Ken, Kenny was clearly shaken. He was clearly hurting something fierce, and even after you know after the match, where they have you know Kenny's traditional speech. 
He's like, I know I need, uh, I definitely need to go have some uh, medical attention, but I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang. He still does it. Uh, bull, he hits a bulldog, a rolling wheel kick, and then he hits a V trigger to the back of Chris Jericho's head in the corner. And then there's a spot where uh, Chris Jericho has to do this reversal and he hits the ugliest, botchiest version of the DDT I have ever seen. And then locks in Omega in the Lion Tamer. Hits an Enziguri. We have a Lion Salt. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Kenny Omega tries to hit uh, Jericho with the One-Winged Angel. But has reversed it into a much better DDT. And then a Codebreaker. And then Chris Jericho's new finisher, the Judas Effect. Which is a... Uh, running back elbow right to the head of Kenny Omega for the one, two, three. If you follow Chris Jericho on Instagram, uh, which I recommend you do, he's a great follow on any social media platform, including uh, including his podcast. You know, his podcast of, is one of many that inspires me to uh, to do this uh, as a hobby here. And, you know, I, I, lo- I love doing it. Uh, you know, as the summer months go by, my schedule might be a little busier, and you might hear a little bit less of me, but I'll try. Uh, I'll try, folks. Um, so Chris Jericho hits this, uh, just starts getting this heel promo. He's just like, you know, you should be thanking me. You know, all elite wrestling isn't about the fans. It isn't about all this talent. It's about me uh, just being a selfish prick. And it's like, you should be thanking me. And then, you know, the crowd... Uh, starts to perk up a little bit. Uh, someone's coming from the crowd, and it's none other than John Moxley, you know, the former Dean Ambrose at the Shield, who uh, left the company. John Moxley comes to the ring, and the crowd is going absolutely nuts. He comes in, gives Chris Jericho like a, side, a sideways look, dirty deeds, lays out Jericho with that. He hits the referee with dirty deeds, and then he looks at Kenny Omega sideways like mm, okay it, he picks him up he's about to nail him with the dirty deeds but Kenny Omega throws him out of the ring and they brawl up the stage until they get to this pile of poker chips where uh and, um, Moxley I'm gonna call him Moxley uh gets the the upper hand on Kenny Omega and hits a well, kind of look like a FU slash attitude adjustment slash elevated fireman's carry slam onto Kenny Omega off of the poker chips onto a platform below on the stage. And that's how that's how we end the show with uh, Moxley posing for the crowd and the crowd eating it up, chanting, chanting, you know, Moxley, Moxley. And oh, man, I, I was so excited to see him. Uh, uh, you know, Ant, uh, you know, from, from Rant with Ant, he was really, he, he was pump he was pumping up. Phil, all you guys, I, I, I saw your reactions and heard your, heard about your reactions. It's just, it's awesome to see just the passion of, uh, of the wrestling fans come out of it, come out through this. And, uh, we, we have seen it in a negative sense as well. I'm not going to soapbox this too much. But this WWE versus AEW mentality, guys, just stop coming after each other. This is wrestling. 
We all love wrestling. I don't give a shit where it comes from. I'll go to the bingo hall up the road here and I'll watch people I've never heard of wrestle each other. I'll go to the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom, which, oh, oh man, would that be awesome. I'll go to Tampa for WrestleMania next um, next April if I can afford it. I'll watch it anywhere. And if I'm in Tampa next year, I'm going to a Joy Janela event. I mean, it's happening. It, Janela is something I'm not I'm not going to miss because his uh, I've watched all of his uh, in the past year and a bit. Uh, starting last year in New Orleans, uh, then I watched Lost in New York, and then Lost in New York for WrestleMania, and they're awesome. I mean, I've watched, you know, ECW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Who cares where, it's come, where it comes from, folks? Let's be civil. Let's be excellent to each other, okay? Okay, now I'm just going to throw my soapbox out the window and just about end my review right here so thank you very much for listening if you've made it this far uh congratulations i apologize for being rather yawny earlier uh since i'm on night shift and i am finishing this recording at 9 p.m your brain just starts to drift off and although this is the point in time where i'd be just getting into work so I'm going to be getting out a little bit more content this week. I think maybe even tomorrow or Tuesday, I want to get my uh, retro review for Backlash 2001 out. Uh, I'm going to start looking at what I'm going to do for June. Uh, first week in first week of June, I might not have a show at all because uh, I will be working all week in order to go to Niagara Falls Comic Con. Uh, if you're going to be in the area in Niagara Falls Comic Con on Friday, June the 7th, and Saturday, June the 8th, uh, hit me up, uh, send me a DM on Twitter, you know, at LegendaryJF, and we can, hey, we can meet up, we can have a coffee or a beer, I love beer, um, So and uh, and catch up, and if you're not going to be there, that's fine. Um, I do have just uh, something I want to share here. Uh, if, you, if you do follow me on Twitter, uh, this morning I posted something about um there's an eight kilometer uh walk run in in sable beach this is where i live uh and uh it's the morning of SummerSlam, sunday august 11th and this is a walk that is uh raising funds for the toronto sick kids hospital bleeding disorders fund and uh this is a fund that uh helps children like like my niece abigail who was born with a rare bl- bleeding disorder called Glansman's thrombosthenia. Uh, long story short, TLDR, it's like easily bruising. It's something to do with clotting, uh, prolonged bleeding. It's just something that's going to require a lot of attention and a lot of uh, a lot of medication. And it's it's an extremely rare uh, disorder. And you know we want to raise money to um, help find cures for. Uh, for diseases like this. So if you check my pinned tweet at legendary JF, it's going to be my pinned tweet until August. Uh, you'll see the donation page. And if you can send any little bit that you can, please do. Um, my family and I would 
would greatly appreciate it. I do have a fundraising goal, but I'm actually hoping to exceed that, maybe even double it, uh, Lord willing. So if you can do that for me, that would be amazing. Share share it with everyone you can. Uh, take it take it as far as far as this uh, wrestling universe uh, lets us, and even outside of wrestling, even if you, even if you're not a wrestling fan. And before I go, I want to congratulate the Toronto Raptors for winning the Eastern Conference and going on to the NBA Championship for the first time in franchise history. Now, if you know me, you know that I'm a hockey guy. But being a, well, I'm not a Torontonian. Uh, anyone who grew up in Southern Ontario, basically from Ottawa to Sarnia, just as they're from the Toronto area, it's easier because nobody knows where Sable Beach, Ontario is. So even though it's like three and a half hours west of Toronto, I'll just say, hey, I'm from the Toronto area. So Ontario... Toronto sports fan. I've been a fan of Toronto sports teams as long as I can remember. Maple Leafs, Blue Jays, Toronto Rock lacrosse team, Toronto Raptors, Kawhi Leonard. My goodness. Oh, man. Um, I don't, no hard feelings, uh, uh, Justin. I'm Justin WWE NXT guy on YouTube and um, Twitter. Check him out. He's awesome. No hard feelings, buddy. Uh, your Milwaukee Bucks put up one hell of a fight, and I honestly thought that your boys would win. So, yep, that'll be it. I'll be doing a couple of retro reviews here and there. Uh, Nate the F and Great and I on the Game Changer podcast. Still, uh, we got to talk about what we're going to do next for uh, for our wrestling reviews, uh, Nate. Uh, so, thank you very much for listening, folks. I love you guys and gals. God bless you. Have yourself a wonderful Memorial Day rest of weekend. That's that's a thing in the States. I forgot it was Memorial Day. But Canada is showing, eh? Sorry. Bye. Oh, hi again. Uh, Mr. Fretz back here the morning after I recorded this podcast. I had not published it yet. Uh, I just found out that John Moxley is going to be wrestling in New Japan on June 5th against juice robinson wow (laughs) i cannot imagine how good that match is going to be and hopefully there's a bit of a working relationship with all elite new japan and we can see a whole slew of fantasy matches with with moxley like uh like naito uh marty skrull oh i i i just gotta quit marking out here i'm gonna steal a quote here i'm all the credit here goes to Slack. So Slack, uh, this is consider this your tip of the crown on this episode. I, you know, he said that you know Moxley is gonna uh, beat Juice so bad he's gonna turn back into C.J. Parker. And hey, if I had a tip of the crown segment um, <laughs> in this podcast, uh, it would actually go to you. So all credit to Slack for that one. Moxley, New Japan, on June 5th, and holy crap, I have to find a way to watch that. So thanks, folks. Uh, Tune in next time. I might upload something today or maybe next week. We'll wait and see. Bye.